Okay. <laughs> Slow. Good evening. So it's late. I want to just hit one topic tonight because the truth is um, the next topic is going to be uh, long. I'm not sure I want to start that t- tonight. Um, it's talked about last week about that Imuna, I really, you know, as mentioned, we started this a couple weeks ago. This is more cerebral, but it's so critical. Um, I'm, I'm highly considering on Shavuos, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a spot, there's, a, there's, the, the, you know, there's between the Mincha and Marav slots to do Rabbi Hanan Wasserman's piece on faith. I mean, there's really, if, you, if you're lacking in faith, in Amuna, uh, your whole edifice is shaky. Uh, and as discussed last week, really, Amuna, both Amuna in Hashem, Amuna in Torah, Amuna in the, in the world to come should be in our gut. And it should be relatively simplistic. So today is going to focus on real amuna. I not. I may start. Uh, we'll see how the time goes. Uh, belief in the sages. So Rov b'nei Adam. Most now. Just, let me explain you something. When he's speaking here, he's not speaking uh, to the outside world. He's talking about Rov b'nei Adam is most. Jews, religious Jews, observant Jews. They believe their amuna is coming emotionally. They believe emotional belief. This means to say, They believe. They're believers. God created the world. God created the world. Shunasan esatorah min hashemayim. They believe that the entire Torah is min hashemayim, and they believe in Mashiach. So you're talking about observant people here. Um, unequ- I, unequivocally, I, I mean, uh, you know, there are people who come to the show. <laughs> or like, actually, I don't believe this. I always had a question, like, what, what, why in the world are they doing half the stuff they're doing? It's like, to me, it's a Pella. Uh, uh, and also, how, do they, you know, how could you be relatively smart and not believe these type of things? But, you know, I discussed last week on a very basic level that everything is svara. It's even logical if a person's healthy. That's why I think I really, I'm, I'm really leaning to doing this piece on Shavuos about Rabbi Khanan about how belief is a natural Reality, but he has an important point over here. That's what we're doing tonight, and that is these people who he's describing when they describe their belief in these three core beliefs, which have many tentacles, many branches belief in the God created the world, belief in Terminus Shemaim, and belief in the world to come, which essentially is the three uh, pillars of even the 13 principles of faith reward and punishment, the world to come. That it's not that just God created the world. We discussed last week. If God created the world, well, you know, I had this professor said, "Well, I don't know which religion is right." It's not that just God creates the world. It's a Torah, the one mass revelation that, that, that is to the Kali Yisrael is Torah is min Um But these religious Jews, be'emes ain't When they say they, they have an emotional or a deep belief. It's really dimyun. It's 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 almost imaginary. They think they really believe it's in the gut. 
It's in the kishkes. You know what kishkes are? Do you ever have kishka in the chalunt? Okay, it's making sure. Uh, vegetarian is much better than the, the meat. It's not healthy, the meat one. Right? Hemargishim calls that they say, I feel it. It's there. Matim et But in few people, could they really do it with Now, I want to explain to you what seichel means. Seichel means you can articulate your faith. That's what seichel means to me, at least. That it's coherent. That you could articulate it. That it, it, it's, it's logical to the extent that you can say, this is why I believe, this is what I believe, and why I uh, b- believe it. And the difference between the two, the chasm is Rav. Emunarigshis, this quote-unquote uh, emotional faith, which is really in their imagination, is no guarantees that it will last in Nisayan, which means when the going gets tough, they may collapse. They may, they may, they may, uh, you know, some people have life struggles and because they're believers, it propels them. And other people, you see that really, with the, they never really were true believers. You know, it's easy if you're living in Crown Heights or in Lakewood or in Borough Park or San Jose, uh, to, you know, to be a little cocoon and think, ah, oh. but, you know, when a person is really under duress, you know, I grew up, I, I, you know, not only did I have four grandparents who were Holocaust survivors, I really, in my youth, um, well, well, there were a lot of, you have to remember, in, in Miami Beach, um, it was, and, and for many years, the primary destination of New York, Chicago retirees. I mean, there was a very young community there as well, but there was a large elderly retirement community. I grew up with people with numbers. I saw them all the time. Um, now, unfortunately, there, this is more than 30 years later, uh, and many of them are not in this world anymore, um, because the ones who had numbers were almost all in the Holocaust between 15 and 30. That's the age that sort of would have survived. <laughs> if you were younger, you didn't make it, unfortunately, barring very rare exceptions. And if you're older, you, you couldn't hack the camps. Or you had kids, and you went with your kids to the gas chambers. That is the reality. So they were all, they were all mostly in a certain age group, um, and by now, they'd be in Shemayim because they'd be over 100, most of them. Um, some of the people most responsible for building Torah in America and in Israel were those people, people who were survivors. They were unflinching, some of the greatest Hasidic Rebbes, they were unflinching in their faith. At the same time, I met in South Florida um, people who did not come out of the Holocaust okay. Um, you know, and, and, and with the Holocaust, uh, some of the people who didn't come out okay was trauma, or mostly of them were trauma. But there are people who really, have really questioned. The Chazanish once said, for the believer there's no questions, and for the non-believer there's no answers. Um, I'm not judging anyone who went through that, ever. Um, but I would say, if you were not a believer for real coming in, 
you would not come and believe her coming out. That I'm positive to say. Which means the, the, the people that I saw that were putting on tefillin every day, the, the chassidim that would come to Safar in the winter, the rebbe's, the chasheva, tamidei chachamim, and the people really who re- rejuvenated America after the Holocaust, they came in believers and they left believers. Um, there were many people who came in believers who did not walk out believers. Some of them, they were just emotionally damaged. It had nothing to do with faith. Like they, they, they were push it emotionally damaged. I'm not judging anybody. But some of them, the fact is that when they went in, they were living in some shtetl somewhere and they never thought through belief their whole life. And that can happen, by the way, not just in the Holocaust. It can happen in a law school. It can happen in a medical school. It can happen in a, a tech company. It can happen to a person reading books. Um, it can happen anywhere at any time. If you, or it can happen, you know, I remember my, my, so my mother was telling me somebody in Miami Beach, their husband got very sick, very young. And this lady could not say to him, she was so angry that God, like, so like to me, what was, was a, again, you know, when you're a rabbi and you deal with people with questions of faith, a lot of them are, are, are you know, when, they, when a person's bothered, it's not really intellectual. Very often it's emotional. So, so you can't answer emotional questions. Intellectually, you can't, you cannot do it. Um, when I when I meet when I deal with people who are intermarried or <laughs> conversion problems, so they don't want to hear the truth. They can't hear the truth. So they 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 they, they there's no, there's no, usually the conversation is not intellectual because they're bothered. Why can't my son or my daughter or why is my cho- why are my children not Jewish? I, you, the person doesn't want to hear it. So, or, or if the person has a tragedy. There's an emotional reaction. But I will say one thing, uh, which I said before. If a person is very strong in their faith, the emotional swing, and there's always an emotional swing. Anybody who has any tragedy at some moment is going to have a moment of, how could this happen to me? You know? um, but that is, that, that is not really a swing of a pendulum. When you, when you meet somebody who has a tragedy, who knock, it knocks them off, it's because really their real faith in the beginning was not real faith. It's interesting that from the Torah's perspective, Avram Avinu in the beginning, they're all his tests. And the greatest test was Keres Yitzchak, right? Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally challenged all of his premises. Sacrifice your son. The son that I promised you. Human sacrifice? The kid I love? How old was Yitzchak by Keres Yitzchak? 37. 37. He was no, he, you know what it means to have a 37 year old son? Actually, I was speaking tonight with the Chazal we were doing. The most painful thing is for a parent to lose a child in their lifetime. How about to kill your son? To sacrifice your son? I mean, literally, for a, a person of lesser character, they would, they would sooner. I think I said this story. I'm just going to reiterate this story. And, and I, 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 had a, I had a neighbor. When I was in Philadelphia, um, this guy was amazing. He was a brilliant man. He was a playwright, highly intellectual. Uh, and at the time I was in law school, he would like wait for me when I come outside. My wife, he was an intermarried Jew. His wife converted at one point conservative, a reform, and then 
they never really did anything, albeit the kids had Jewish names. Uh, I mean, he didn't do anything. But he was a super liberal. That was the first problem. Uh, and and like, super liberal. And he, he happened to have been super intellectual, very curious, and very bothered. And like, my friend always joke around, he's waiting for you outside, because like, literally for three years, we should get a shared driveway in Philadelphia. He, we went through the whole world. I mean, I'm telling you, we would bang heads about every topic, from Bush versus Kerry in 2004, uh, to, uh, to uh, different types of quote-unquote marriage, to fundamentals of faith, to why orthodoxy ha- has bad people, I mean, I, took, I brought this guy to the Philadelphia Yeshiva. He was a very, very smart kid, guy, and his kids went to good colleges. Um, three years, I'm telling you, this is a true story. He would argue with me, like, to no end of, you know, you know one day, I remember one day, I was on Yom Kippur, and he sees me, and after Yom Kippur, he says, you know, this is the one day where, I, where I'm, I'm nervous. So, like, you know, like, he didn't fast, he didn't do nothing. But, like, he, was, he had some, some kind of, um, you know, reality, like, uh, so three years in, uh, this is like two months before I left. Like, I'm, he sits, he, like, he would, it, it'd be like a bad article in the newspaper, he like sent it to me. You know, what do you think about this? Like, always. Um, so he sees, he sees me in the parking lot. I first had this conversation with me. Oh, this is what happened. He said, Do you really believe that Bilom and the donkey talked? So I, uh, this is like the kind of thing he would ask me. So I killed him that time. I could really mamish shecht at him. Like, like, I said, and like I had him cornered. And he says to me, this conversation, this is the guy who argues with me for three years. He says, you know, you know I know that you're, you're right at some level, but what do you want from me? Do you want me to do, divorce my wife and give up my kid? Like, like, he said, I know orthodoxy is right. I was like, what? <laughs> what and like for a minute he said that, and, like, and he, then he oh, sorry, no, but really, but like, and it's like that was like it wasn't like a conversation. He argued with me to the hilt, but for for him to to embrace the truth meant giving up. Now it doesn't, by the way, as you see in the show, it's not all or none. That's important. I, there are people here who have that situation, and it's not all or none. So obviously problematic, but it's not all or none. Um, uh, the point I'm making here is, though, is that he could not, his emotions blocked his faith. You understand? He refused to embrace it because what it meant. Uh, I once heard about this, someone told me once you saw about Tats, actually, Kiva Tats. He said he was once, when he was in Or Samech decades ago, I heard him say this, I heard him say this story, I was in the Mir Yeshiva then, 20 some odd years ago, that he was in Or Samech, and a guy started walking up the stairs to Or Samech, to the Israeli program. Now he was Israeli. When an American comes to a program, like they don't know anything, but in Israeli, they speak Hebrew, they live in Israel, about 10% plus the population is Haredi, 20% is religious, they know where they're going. The guy was shaking as he was walking up the steps. Shaking. Because and he was going to speak to Rosh Shapiro. Because there, it wasn't he was shaking to hear the truth. He was shaking because he knew that he was going to have to change his life. So, Amuna, we're talking about faith. The more we believe, the less emotional baggage we have. And so, what he says is as follows. If, you're not, if it's not real... 
very often it could be in university for a girl who's less religious or a boy who's less religious. It could be for the job you want. Yeah, I really do believe in reward and punishment, but it pays well. Or, you know, why you got to do this? I want, I want a guy in San Jose, this guy, you know, a guy group traditional. I said to him, why don't you ever come to Davin? Now this guy tells me, he says, I don't believe in prayer. I don't believe in prayer. I said, why not? He said, because I prayed and never was answered. Now this is a gentleman who's, I mean, barely. <laughs> but he doesn't believe in prayer because he didn't get the answer he wanted. And he didn't get the answer. So, that, so he doesn't believe in anything. When, you, when you're weak, when it's not real, a person, God forbid, could lose it all. Or, since he's talking to more observant Jews here, be weak in the rest of your life. Just go through life. Because it's not real. The, the, the faith is not really real. Or, or we not, may not be like that neighbor that I had in Philadelphia, but there will be emotional blocks which block us from doing the things we could and should do. Because we really don't fully believe. And if you really don't fully believe, then there are things that come in the way, or you open the door for them as well. Um, um, so emotional faith, which is fantasy at some level, like when you're living in, 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 in a world where you, where you believe because people, either people around you believe or your, your faith has never been really been questioned, never even been clarified, never been articulated. So it's possible to be shaken in life. It's possible to be to, to really stumble in life. Other, but if a person's imuna is solid, it's a peg which holds you in place, even in the challenging times. Even in you know, it's amazing to me that the if you, I, I, the Klausenberger Rebbe. If you want to read about an amazing person, the Klausenberger Rebbe was in the death camps. He lost his wife, I believe, eleven children. Not only did he rebuild Klausenberg after the Holocaust and rebuilt his family, got married, had several more children, and Klausenberg Sons is one of the big Hasidic groups, the hospital in Netanya, uh, he built because he had promised himself in the camps that he would build the hospital. So the main hospital in Netanya, Israel, is by Sons or Hasidim. They built that hospital called Laniado. Um, but in the DP camps, he was the one giving out Like, how do you do that? Like, how it was because. He was a believer. I mean, he just... He's not the only one. I can give you a list of 10 people like that who, who just saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu whenever and wherever. It didn't even... It, it didn't stare at them. Now, he was bothered. It was not, it, it, he was human. You know, it, he was human. But, it, it, but, but, but the faith was so rock solid that it, it, it didn't disturb and that's the most I, mean, I take the Holocaust because I don't think you can think of a more extreme God forbid we should even experience a fraction of what these people experience but my point is is if a person's faith is rock solid 
you know, when I was in University of Pennsylvania Law School, and I, you see, when I was in Lakewood, when I was in Lakewood or in the Mir, it's different. To me there, the, when they're in that cocoon, it really is a cocoon. It's a great cocoon, by the way. It's a great cocoon. Uh, and you can learn a lot of Torah, and you can steig your learning. For most people, it's not forever. Um, if your faith is weaker or stronger, you'll do more Torah mitzvahs. Or you'll have a little bit it's hard to do some mischievous things. Most people are only in the mitzvahs, and the more mitzvahs they have, the more faith they have, the stronger their, their devotion will be at other levels. But in university, you would see the weak Orthodox kids come in. They went to a day school. Uh, they, they, they learned a few blood of Gemara. Barely religious. The girls would come in with pants very often. Um, you know, sleeves like this, whatever it may be. And they would not leave religious. Because, and they're not, they were nice people. They're not, they were not looking for, but their faith was so weak. You know, the guy came in, barely, didn't go to Minyan during the week, didn't learn Torah, kept Shabbos, but it wasn't strong. The, if you're in a, a secular university, where all around you, people are indulging in fun. <laughs> And fun, fun is fun. It's, uh, you know, anything you can imagine with opposite gender. Um, and there are all kinds of cosmopolitan lifestyle and culture and progressive thought, propaganda, I should call it. Uh, you know, and you can hear professors tell you the most inane things and think they're smart, but they sound smart. You know, it can sound like there's, there's the, I can give you a list of the things that I heard in university, in an Ivy League university, to tell you how dumb these people are. But, but, but they're sophisticated. Everyone around you says, wow, a bunch of Bernie Sanders fans. That's what they all are. It's like you have, you have a bunch of your professors are all like Bernie Sanders' cousins. That's really what it's like. You know, it's like Bernie and his cousin and his third cousin, socialism. And they, they're smart. Bernie Sanders, if you actually hear him, it's not a dummy. You know, there are dumb people like, uh, like AOC. He's smart. Uh, he, he sounds like he's coherent. And you have a lot of people, and everyone's around you. Don't you believe in this? Doesn't this make sense? And you're sitting there with weak, with weak faith. Oh, you believe in that? Gay marriage is a problem? What kind of craziness? Abortion? This? You don't touch girls? You don't touch boys? What? Till you're married? You want to get married? This? You never get... That? You never tried this? Come on, it's, it's, it looks kosher. It sounds kosher. Cheese and meat. Cheese is kosher, meat's kosher. No, you want to try it. It's all, and, and you're sitting next to class, and they go wink, wink, and the boy smiles. And you're not, you're, you know, you don't, you believe. And so, the first six months, remember, when I was in, university, in, in Philadelphia, I used to have students come to my house. A friend of mine ran the program there. Actually, I had a whole thing in law school. And this girl comes to my house. She was a dorm counselor in Penn. She was, grew up in a conservative home. And she was describing to me her observations as a dorm head. She was an older student. She was telling me about this boy who came in an Orthodox. She actually was telling me about how many of these modern Orthodox kids collapsed in the co-ed dorm. Surprise. Um, so, so she said, she said, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a tragedy, Pasha, a tragedy, a Horban, that these kids got slaughtered on a, in a secular university. 
Uh, but she was talking to this one boy who was a little more serious, and she remembers when she tried to shake his hand when he came in and shake her hand, and six months later, he was one putting his hand out to her. This girl was telling me this. Like she hopped it. If your faith is not strong, things can happen. Whether it's, God forbid, in Auschwitz, or in a university, or in a vacation, or if there's a family tragedy, somebody's sick, you're sick, God forbid, where someone's sick, you lose your job. You know, some people, they move somewhere. Sat down with this very recently. They moved, they thought it was a good idea, and they're struggling. And why well, was, or they sent their kid to a school, and they thought it'd be a good school, and it's not a good school, and they didn't do well. How could this happen to me? Or whatever it is. Or they want to have children, and they're not having children. They want to get married, and they're not getting married. You know, when you're older and single, it's very scary. And, you, you know, you try. You try to have kids. Whatever it is. And a person could either be completely damaged or become blended, affected. That is because the original faith almost always was really not real. <laughs> it, was, it was a faith in a cocoon where things were jolly and nothing was sh- shaking your faith. Nothing was, was forcing you to defend your faith or to challenge your faith. And when it's sh- shaken, let alone if it's rocked, uh, it cannot last. And as opposed to faith of the faith, when if, if it's truly enough, an emotional, let's say, faith, if you really feel palpable faith, if it's real, if it's richtig, if it's true, it only comes when it's from here. It has to start here. It has to start with the mayach. I said a few weeks ago that a melech is moach, lev, kaved. If you're starting with your lev, you're a lemech. You know, lemech is a nebuch. Lev, moach, kaved. And if you start with your kaved, which is your passion, and it's your column, it's destruction. Kaved, lev, moach. All, even palpable faith, when it's emotional faith, it starts in the moach. It starts in the head. It, there's, there's a coherency to it. Uh, what's clear, you know, it's, think about a marriage or a love relationship. I love you. If it's not from here, if it doesn't make sense, if it's just physical or erotic or, or, or someone gives you a job or whatever it may be, but it's not, it's not real, it's not from here, it won't last. It's not going to last. That relationship Something will shake it and it will be gone. <laughs> because it's not just feeling, oh, I love this. It doesn't laugh. It, you get, you, you, it, it doesn't stand the test of, of, of challenge. Mashalim is sparbaseichal. If it's not, you can't clarify this. Yeshlach shoid. Kimashin idmalaadim kumam bregish. That I I believe this is not real. It's not real. Blessed memory to the world to come. In a safer chokker means explore and receive. That's what it literally means. It means, be inquisitive, be analyzed, and then accept. 
all of the Kabbalah, all of the tradition is miusedis. It's based on the verse, the pasuk v'yadata hayoyim. You should know to Rav Hashivah Take it home. Bring it. No, and take it home. V'yadata v'ashivos lovavecha. Ki a Kabbalah megale mahalich benyani amuna. Because Kabbalah is teaching you how to. It's a very high level of faith. The Indian. Sha'adam, actually, the Rambam writes, and the Rambam says, in, 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 it's the highest level of faith, it's knowledge. The there's many paths of faith. It's not one path. There's, there's, there's big paths, there's essential paths. But, you know, a person can be inspired by science, by history, by the Torah itself. By Klai Yisrael, by my Matan Torah. There's, there's, you know, there, there's a book. He was just telling me someone uh, who worship was reading this book, Permission to Believe. You ever read this book? Lawrence Kelly. You should, if you've never read this book, or you want to work on your faith. It's a pretty good book. I, read, I, mean, I haven't read it. I read this book, I think, over twenty years, maybe twenty years ago, many years ago. Permission to Believe by Lawrence Kellerman. He's a he is a uh, gives class in Neveu Shalim for many years. He's probably the most uh, popular beginner. Lecture in the way. You read the book, Permission to Believe? I think I had some. Yeah. Yeah. So in this book, he has Permission to Believe, is how, it's a book about belief in God. Then he has another book called Permission to Receive, which talks about per- belief in Matan Torah. But he doesn't have, he has four basic approaches how belief in God is self evident. Why does he have four? Is it just to prove the same point for the same person? It's because there are things which will resonate more with one person than another person. You know, I picked a few weeks ago on Jim Roberts when his, uh, the person who can look at it like a, a daisy, like, whoa. You know, so there are certain people who can see science, a microscope and a telescope, and they're so awed by God and nature. And another person could open a history book, I know some people like that, and do the same thing, who cannot do science. Um, and there's another person who can think about philosophically the Torah. So there's different approaches. You need to know, we need to know what speaks to us. But a person has to have that vadayas. Uh, um, and he says, you don't have to necessarily in Kabbalah to have a Because even in Kabbalah there's different paths. Come on, you can even, by the way, have faith, as we discussed last week, just self-evident faith, but you've worked it out in your head. It makes sense to you. I mean, there's there, and, and you can question and you don't. It doesn't bother you when you even question your faith. I get attacked. You know, I had a lot of said, Rabbi, I love it. Can ask you any question. I said, I'm happy to answer any question. I, if I if I can't answer, I'll look into. It. But if I but it doesn't bother me. There are other people. Trust me, I'm telling you 100. percent you give me any reform or conservative rabbi or clergyman person any day, put them at my table. Let me ask them questions. They can ask me any question they want. I'm telling you, they will not only lose, that's a me. Any, any rabbi, anyone, any yeshiva bachar can rip this shred. They can't answer it and they don't want the questions. They don't want it. I'm telling you 100% they don't want it. They don't want the questions because they can't answer the questions. person who has faith you know, I love this story. The ultimate of Varduk was one of the biggest teachers of Torah. He started 70 yeshivas 
um, in the late 19th century, early 20th century, around white Russia, parts of Poland and Ukraine, Lithuania. So the altar once got into a conversation with a secular Jew, and he said to the secular Jew that I am willing to give up my entire faith if you're right, I want you to give up your entire faith if I'm right. So, sure, they get this thing. In about five minutes of the conversation, he tells this Jew, who's a wealthy Jew, who says, make sure my, my horse is ready in a half hour. Alter stops the conversation. So what happened to the conversation? He said, how could you get your horse ready in a half hour? We just said, I may prove you that you have to change your whole life. <laughs> Where are you running? I mean, to the altar, truth was paramount. But... It was built. There was a system that was believed his faith. Uh, there was no knocking it. Uh, the ultimate of Minovardic was actually on the much higher level. It was a big Babatachan, which is the next level of practical faith. Um, trust in God. Uh, but what he says, that a person can have even their own mahalach, a simple mahalach. But from Ramchal, we learn something else. That when a person has a path and their faith, then it can be in the heart. Only then is in the heart. Because if it's not from here, it's not really here. You think it's here. You think it's here. You know, when you are going back to a relationship, whether it's a, a, a spouse or a different deep relationship, if it's not, doesn't start from here, whatever is here can change in two minutes. If it doesn't start from here, from your brain, for those listening online, it's not, it, won't, it won't really be in the heart. You may, whatever is in your, that flickering in the heart, I'll tell you a true story. I once dated a girl. I hope my wife is listening to this. But uh, I once dated a girl. Your wife listens. Uh, um, and I, 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 I stopped. I stopped. I stopped it. But she stayed in my mind. Like, I was like, she was a very, very, very hush of a girl. Like, I could, not nearly as hush as my wife. Not even close, a flea, a fly. But, but really, really, it was an amazing person. And she had amazing qualities. And because of those amazing qualities, she, I couldn't get it out of my mind. This is way before I met my wife. And, but she was not for me. And I knew she wasn't for me. For various other reasons. So I, but when you're dating, you have someone else in your mind, it's not a good thing. So I remember I went to a gadol, one of the gadol ador. And I said to him, I told him exactly what it is. So I said, what should I do about this? I actually, I went out to this girl, I stopped it, and I went to the second round, and the same thing happened. It was like, it was like I could have done it 50 times and it would have been the same conclusion. Because she had really outstanding traits in, in one area, and I felt like she was much better than me. And other areas, it just was not for me. So this gadol told me, he said, if you can articulate why she's not for you conclusive, like you just said, then it's the Yitzhahara. Understand? Get it out. It's a bug. It's a flight. It means that attraction you have, it's not real. You, you are, it's to something that's there, but it's not real. If you can't say why this person makes sense for you, on the contrary, you can say why it's not, then that feeling, and I'm telling you, I feel, oh, I should really go out this girl again. It's not real. It won't, it's not a, you understand what I'm saying? It's not real. You know, uh, let me go this way. You can buy a house and you know it's not for you. You can take a job. You can move to a place. You can marry a person and you know there's a problem. 
oh my goodness, have I seen this in marriage? I'm not joking, by the way. You know, I've stopped things. Uh, someone I know recently wants to take a job or do something. They're crazy. Pasha, it doesn't make sense. But they have that flickery in the heart. I'm, I, I can't, you can't choose for people. I can't, <laughs> can't choose, you can't choose, you know. But there's a reality. If it doesn't make sense, that feeling is not a good feeling. It needs to make sense. That's a Yetzirah otherwise. I'm not talking about where you're scared. Some people, are, they know what's right and they're scared to do it. That's something else. I'm telling you where you can tell me what's wrong and you still feel attraction to something. I, I love to do this. I want to do this. Even though you can articulate, then that's the Yetzirah. And it's the same thing. Unless you're, you're, you, 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 everything starts here in your brain. It, now, to have weak faith or superficial faith is not a Yitzhahara, but it just, uh, it, it's a cop-out and can be dangerous. If you build, obviously you don't want to just be a cerebral robot. You want your emunah. You should know first in your brain. And take it to the heart. You want your emunah to be palpable and tangible and real and, and emotional and vibrant and passionate. But it, got to, it has to start with the head, you know, I've seen the, the breast liver type. That there are some breast livers who are very intellectual, and it comes from the head. I've also seen Karbaki breast liver. You know, I'm using it as a generality, who it's all emotional and it doesn't last. That same kid could sleep with a non-Jewish girl or take drugs. Not within five minutes later. All right, some of the Sephardim come out to the Yom Kippur minion. I've seen the same thing. They married a gun. They daven like. Like, like, mamish, and then the five months later, I mean, this guy with, with a Mexican girl, could you convert her? Are you crazy? This is the same guy Yom Kippur was crying. Because it, that guy who didn't keep Shabbos in the first place, his emuna was not really real. It was in a cocoon, it, it, it was weakened. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It, I'm not saying people are bad. It's not a question of good and bad over here, it's a question of real faith. That starts in your brain, or, or it's just some heart feeling which can come and go. But if you if you start with your brain and then you take it to the heart, of course the goal is to be excited and, and emotional and palpable and to pray with, with on fire. You raise your hand? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking there are some people that are extremely faithful and have been tested, but they're not necessarily intellectually strong. They're not intellectual, that's my so, point. It has, so, to be, it has to be start with a path. You have to understand why you're doing things, right. to understand so it. doesn't it. have to be on a very complicated... You don't have to be, no, exactly. I think I, I, I think I said that, but I'm going to just reiterate that and stress that. It means you can articulate why you believe. It doesn't mean you have to be a professor of philosophy in, in, in Johns Hopkins or an MIT. It ju- does mean that you have to know why you believe it. You know, if a person tells me, I want to marry this girl, why do I marry this girl? I feel good around her. What do you like about her? Explain to me. Uh, he doesn't have to give me a full exposition, but he has to know what he likes. <laughs> you know, and why it makes sense. You need clarity of why you're doing things. So, I, you don't need to be a rocket scientist or a rabbi, which is, of course... Uh, Pretty close to a rocket scientist. We're close. Way ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> not exactly right. No, but on a serious note, you understand? 
it, but you need to be, you need, a person needs to be able to articulate why they believe, what, why this makes sense. Well, you know, of course, the more sophisticated, and I'm not saying in IQ over here, but the more it's based on Torah principles, the, the healthier it is. You know, I've had people come to my office, I've had everything. Uh, yeah, I believe God spoke to me. I'm not saying that they don't like not like Meshuggah, but like I, I feel God, I see God, and they really believe. I, that to me makes me nervous. Honestly, it makes me nervous. Not, I believe them. It's good. I also think God speaks to me in, in my own way, but I don't hear voices. But I think I see God in my life. You know, I I I I, I also feel that that there's my my that I feel Hashgachah Pratis. Fine, but my faith is not based completely on that. Right? I, I, you know, when your faith is just based on that, well, what if your hashkacha doesn't only do it where you want today or tomorrow, God forbid? So uh, there, it has to be based. It has to be based on seichel. It doesn't. We're not talking about IQ. You need to be immense. You don't have to be a philosophy, but you need to have understand where you're coming from. It has to start on your head. Um, then, when it comes to your head, you can get verse. Eliyahu says in hard Carmel to the Jewish people when they're idolaters. Why are you both serving God in idolatry? Uh, if God is, if Hashem is your God, if it's the Baal, then go after Him. How could Eliyahu tell them? Basically, you see Jews doing two things, idolatry and God. So Eliyahu tells them, pick. Don't do both. Either serve God or do idolatry. Don't do both. So, how in the world does Eliyahu tell him? You can go ahead and do this. He said, but the problem with you is that you haven't really, you're in nowhere's land. You're mush. If you can have a Christmas tree and a menorah, you believe in nothing. You're a pushit mush. You're mush. If you, could, if you could serve idolatry and serve God, you don't believe in anything. You don't really believe in anything. This, and he was telling you, you need to, if you really believe, you need to believe. <laughs> you need to believe. And but Amuna Efshar Ulai, real faith is, well, maybe God exists, maybe God is, it doesn't, exi- it doesn't exist. My mother once told me, someone in the Shul Shiro Miami Beach, this guy was, has religious children, religious. He once said to her, You know, I'm not sure if I really believe. You're crazy. He's not sure you believe. What in the world are you doing there? So, you know what? If he would have to say with me, honestly, I would take him. I'd say, Go, go drive a place. What are you doing here? I would, I mother was nice. Oh, I wouldn't be nice. I'd be like, Oh, yo, do this or this. Where are you in nowhere's land? How do you, how do you. Or, or why don't you sit down and really think about it? Or sit down with the going out some work through it. Sit there and coming to show. Like, I don't know if I really believe. Actually, Rabbi, Rabbi Feldman in his book, Tales of a Shul, talks about a lady that she came to Yom Kippur. Like he was telling us other stories. Like one of them was like he said one of the great stories. Like one, one lady like came to Yom Kippur and he was giving musr and she says, I had to put on makeup to hear musr. Like you know, to come to show for this. This is why I came to the show. And he said, another lady said over to her, yo, I really don't believe in God. <laughs> like, these people, and then, listen, if you come to show, it's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. 
But at a certain level, you get it's not real belief. It has to be not maybe. It's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's you know maybe. No, it's a, that real belief is a hundred percent. Am I holding a hand up? For those, I'm holding a hand up for those on the tape. Is that maybe? No. Yes. If you lose a guy, there's a guy. It's not a maybe. It's an Ulai the Efsher. If you're, by the way, technically speaking, if you're a maybe person, you're agnostic. That's who you are. Yeah, well, that's what it means. Yeah, I know. So tells them, if you're going to be doing idolatry, go serve it. But telling serve God. Don't do this nishta here, nishta there. You know, not here and not there. You know, I always say, and I've said this, I don't know how many times, if a person tells me that they're, they're on a path to increased observance and today they don't do something, fine. But they tell me that they're, I, Rabbi, this is what I do. I, then you don't really believe. If you can really tell me that you're going to come to show once a month or once a week, or like a person wants somebody bench on Shabbos. They, like I said, you eat on Shabbos, you don't eat the rest of the week. What does that mean? It means you really don't believe. Because if you believed in God Tarmitzis, you wouldn't just do it once a week. Now, again, there's a path. No one can go from zero to 100. People have life situations, they have to work on themselves, they have to improve themselves. But to say, this is the way I am, means you really don't believe. It can't be. You can't believe in God and reward and punishment and Torah from Sinai and say that. It really can't, it means you partially believe. You're the Ulai type person. You're an Efsha type person. And it, it makes somewhat sense to me. But if you really believe, you really believe? You know, it's interesting. The, the Nevi'im always compare idolatry to adultery. If you're really married, you don't... Uh, <laughs> it's, not what, it's not what marriage is. It's either you do or you don't. Do you believe you got married or you don't believe? I mean, if you really believe that you're going to stay like that your whole life, you don't really believe. You cannot really believe and be that way. Again, you could really believe and say, listen, I'm not that level yet. Slowly but surely. Okay, that makes sense. Some people are slower than others. Some people have more difficult situations than others. Um, some people have bigger Yetzirahs than others. But to tell me, this is why you have this way I'll be, means you don't really believe. Uh, you believe, but you don't believe. I'm not saying a person doesn't believe at all. There's a, it's here and it's not there. The Piet, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you know, I won't spare. I'm not a chazan for a reason. Uh, I am certainly no singer. I, I, I know uh, I'm half tone deaf, so I'm not going to. I'll spare you. Um, so the Minim, we sing a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's a charuz. There's a part. The Listen to. Listen. We we all screaming and say it on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur several times. The Minim, and we all believe. Shehu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Haya, he was, Hoiva, he is, Viyihia, and he will be, Havadai Shemo, Kenti Hilaso. A hundred percent. We say in Yiddish, Zichrkait. You know what Zichrkait is? A hundred percent. Zichr is there, it's for sure. For sure. That's his praise. But Pirish Echad, 
Vadai, and another thing it says Vadai, Vadai 100% is the gematria of one of the explanations on this Pasuk is Vadai is the, is the gematria of of Havaya Bahashem. Vashem is that, it's Shem Hashem. Allah Moshe Rabbein, that's how Shem Moshe went up. He went up to Sinai with 100% knowledge of God and faith in God. That's how you go up Sinai. <laughs> that's the Mi'ala Bahar Hashem. Harihu Yisparach Vadai. Hashem's 100%. It's not a maybe. Vechen Tilaso. That's the praise. Gama Vadasinu. We have to be Vadai Bechlata. We have to be 100%. Me'achuz. A person needs to feel... A hundred percent that the Davni talking to Hashem. And when it's a hundred percent to a person, it's a hundred percent to a person who Lalas, then you can go up to Torah and Kip Sinai. When you're a hundred percent, then you don't stay static. Then you're not then you're not on cruise control or or going to university and collapsing. Or even in Auschwitz, like my wife's grandmother, grandfather heard the shayfar in Auschwitz. Watch it in Auschwitz, 1944. Blowing the shofar in Auschwitz. Because that was 100%, even in Auschwitz. The Stadel, Eiffel, Bekofelchen, their free finishes over here. We, everyone who is here or listening, Bekofelchenu, Lassus Emunosa, we need to know that our faith. Our knowledge of Hashem is benas and taira, of baburi oilam about the creator of the world. These three things, all of us, creator of the world, giving the taira, and the redemption is so strong that it comes from the knowledge that we can explain it to anyone in the world. You can be able to articulate it. And if it starts here, then you'll feel it when you're davening and you keep Shabbos and when you relate to do taira mitzvahs. It's it's real. Venir Shem al Pinchas, he actually says, you should even write it down, why you believe. And then you can know it, what you believe is true. If you know why you're believing it, then what you believe will be true. And that kind of belief stands the test of time. That kind of belief allows a person to grow in all situations, at all times, in all places. That belief is zikr. That belief is 100%. That belief is not a belief of dimun or false or of imagination or a belief that could stand the test of a cocoon or of an ideal life. That's the belief of Avram Avinu. That's the belief of Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu that leads us at all times, all places, and such a person is to see the greatest brach in this world, the next. That's what we hold today about belief that should be intellectual. I'm sure I'm not intellectual. It should be Start with their head, and it should be real. It should be coherent. The extent that a person doesn't feel they have that, you should work on it. Write out these three cores. I'm happy to suggest reading for those. I gave you one book for permission to pres- on Amazon. Uh, on Amazon. Oh, yeah, but there's so many other ways to. to uh, so many other ways to, to to get this. But the key is, you should have it. And if you don't. Don't be like that guy at Shul. I believe in it. I don't believe you're, None of you ladies are like that. You're here. Here on a Monday night. Amazing. But all of us can, work, can strengthen us. Next time we're going to pick up on a very important topic, which is belief in the sages. We're talking about Chachmei HaKazal, or Chachmei HaTalmud, uh, which is critical to
to a Jew's service in Hashem. Okay, hold on.